So good afternoon. Hey, Flora. How are you doing? How was your first week of school? How are you adjusting? How, what's going on in your parenting world? Um, not too bad. Um, so both of them started in-person learning. Um, and, um, you know, even though I'm still a little nervous about, you know, not just get, have them getting COVID. I mean, both of them are really good at knowing how to wear a mask. Even the five-year-old knows how to, you know, knows how to wear, protect himself and wear the mask and understands the importance of it. Um, but it's just every time you hear about, you know, these positive cases and then the school closing and you're like, oh, no, I, you know, uh, you know, you're just hoping that that doesn't happen. <laughs> we're, we're not one of those schools where it's like, oh, positive case in the classroom. Um, actually, I think they already had a positive case in the school, in his school, but not in the classroom yet. So, you know, I'm, I, and, um, the older one's vaccinated, so I'm a little less concerned about him right now. Um, but because he's five, he's still not vaccinated, and I'm just waiting for them right. to finally say five and up are eligible to be vaccinated. Right, right. Which is, you know, which is a great lead into our conversation, right? Um, for this episode, because we spoke with with uh, Margarita Marasigan, who is a grammar school nurse, and about what parents can do. Um, <clears throat> but both of my kids went back to in person learning too this week. Um, the, the youngest one started the week before, and um, you know they're adjusting to being back in the city, being back with their friends. Uh, that full day of school, um, I think it's starting to wipe them out like they're tired right because they weren't yep. you know they were already home even though in remote learning you know the the exhaustion of you know the commute the yep. city life and all of that so um and then I'm just adjusting to them not being here with me so that's that's I guess I'm the one that has the big adjustment but they're they're okay they're I guess it was a lot of anxiety um and you seem to be pushing forward because it looks like this um, going back to school and being full time, that train has left the building. It is it is full steam, full steam ahead. Right. So like, well, unless there's until there's enough closures and the, and the mayor and chancellor finally realize, wait, maybe we should honor this. <laughs> mm. We'll see. We'll see. Right. But you know what? Um, we had a really good uh, conversation with uh, Margarita, and she really talked about, um, you know, what families can do and how schools are trying to keep their uh, school community safe. So, you know what? Let's just jump right into the conversation with Margarita Marasigan. Right. Good afternoon, and welcome to another episode of New Normal in Parenting. Um, today we have a Margarita Marasigan. She is a school nurse, um, primarily um, on the elementary grammar school level. And um, I really wanted to have Margarita here today to talk about the school reopening and what parents can do um, to keep their children safe and what questions you should be asking. Um, because Margarita's school went back last year in the midst of the pandemic. 
and um, also, you know, the little ones can't be vaccinated, and she's a school nurse uh, on our end. <laughs> um, so we really wanted to get some um, experts' opinions and, and, and resources from people who are actually out there doing the work and not, um, you know, pontificating on the social medias. Yeah. <laughs> so Margarita, um, before we get to the first question, um, tell us a little bit about you and the work that you do. So this is my eighth year, starting my eighth year here at Columbia. I, I you know, that kind of came to me as a little bit of a surprise. I always think I'm so new here and I'm already here eight years. Um, so I've seen my eldest students now graduate last May, which was a, a huge milestone. And um, I take care of kids in grades pre-K through fourth grade. Um, our school goes to 12th grade and there is a nurse in each division. Um, you know, it, last year, actually this is now our third school year in a pandemic and it, this has probably been the most challenging um, time that I have had in my career because, you know, you kind of work solo, even though there are other nurses for me to um, reach out to in my division, it's just me. Um, so that's different than working in a hospital environment where I was for 16 years. And, um, you know, having a team of like health professionals to reach out to, to ask questions, to depend on, um, it's a, it was very different. And in the pandemic, it was hard to not feel responsible, you know, for making sure things were done as safely as possible. Um, but I have to say, I think last year's experience went really well. Um, and it gave us a lot of information for this coming school year. Mm -hmm. um, the Department of Health was really pleased that we had, we were open for a very long time, mid-September through June, never had to close a school down. And we had zero cases of in-school spread. So uh, we, you know, we did a good job here. All right. So, um, you know, I don't want to take for granted that everyone that's listening to this podcast is pro-vaccine. Okay. Um, so as a school nurse, can you tell us why it's important for everyone in a school community that can be vaccinated, be vaccinated? So if you think about... Um, these layers of protection, right? It's like the best thing we can do to get to protect not only ourselves, if you're eligible for the vaccine, but then our families and our community, and especially those in our families and community that cannot get vaccinated, either due to um, a medical condition or age. Um, and it prevents severe illness, hospitalization, death, and even among those cases of fully vaccinated individuals who are testing positive for COVID right now, they're experiencing milder and shorter illnesses compared to those who are unvaccinated. If you follow the data, those who are unvaccinated are what are who is getting hospitalized, who is dying. Um, and if you look at the death rates, it's like not over 90% of those deaths are within the unvaccinated community. So the more people who receive the vaccine, the sooner vulnerable people 
you know, especially those who can't be vaccinated, can feel safer to, to try to come back out. And as we are approaching the school year and there in many places, there's not a remote option, right? We like here in New York, they're encouraging everybody to be in person. Um, it's what's going to help those that are not vaccinated yet be safe when they come back to school. So, every, you know, I, I, I like to um, tr try to impress upon people that every time someone gets infected with COVID, it gives the virus a chance to strengthen, adapt, and mutate. And being vaccinated helps to prevent that from happening. So every person who gets protection from this virus gets us closer to getting back to normal. And I feel like that's what our goal is, right? And it's interesting because I used to make these same arguments repeatedly when I, I actually even created a document for Head Start parents wow. about why is it important for you to get that flu vaccine? Why is it important for your children to get that flu vaccine that, again, you, you decrease the chances for mutations, right? right? Viral mutations. Yeah. And it's, look, you, 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 you won't give this to grandma. Right. You won't, your child, you do not want to hear about like your child getting the flu or getting a mild case of the flu right. and giving it back to grandma and grandpa right. who could potentially die from. Yeah. I mean, um, it's a, this. it's a, that's a really good point to make. Um, especially here in New York, where, you know, we live in families of multiple generations and we live in communities where there's apartment buildings where there's multiple generations. Um, you know, you're all, you're in the same lobby, you're in the same elevator. It's just like, you're taking some responsibility for the health of your community. I mean, I also want to say, I mean, I feel like I wouldn't, um, I, I need to mention, you know, that people of color, color have been especially vulnerable to COVID-19 and, you know, have risk factors that make them vulnerable to COVID-19. And these are the same people who are typically working frontline essential workers, right? In healthcare, in um, grocery stores, in hospitality, um, security, you know, these are the people that are frontward facing all the time and the MTA and getting infected, getting vaccinated can prevent infections to these people who are providing us our means for living. So that I feel like is an even, it's another like part of that. It's not just being responsible to yourself and to your family, but it's like the, the whole like community that you live in and outward, you know? Yeah. And you know, when we talk about vaccinations, right? I think about chickenpox, right? Like uh -huh. me and my sister are 11 years apart. I got the chickenpox at seven. Uh -huh. I gave them to her. She was 19 when she got the chickenpox. It was horrendous for her, yeah. right? So, you know, we get vaccinations uh -huh. and you get them to prevent it from spreading, yeah. right? Like imagine, households now right like I grew up as an only child even though we're like 11 you know years apart but imagine 
people who have three and four kids, chicken pox running through their house. You out of commission for at least two months. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like if you, if you put it in perspective like that, I think people should understand why getting vaccinated is important. But you know what? I mean, even more recently, if you think about like recent um, vaccination like pushes, right? We, we, we had like meas the measles outbreak just like two or three years ago. And then maybe four or five years ago was whooping cough. Um, and so there was like a big push to make sure that those vaccinations were mandated and included and you know that every eligible person received them. So this is no different. You know, this it's just another vaccination that's going to prevent um, widespread illness. And there has never been a time besides the 1918 flu, right? Where like, I mean, I don't even think at that time that we were globally, we're experiencing everything at the same time, the whole world to the same degree. No, uh, yeah, definitely not. And, but one of the concerns that we have, of course, is that the vaccine has still not been approved for children under 12. Like my, the minute it was available for 12 year olds and up, uh, I got my son immediately. I was like, nope, we're going to get vaccinated. In fact, I was upset when they said it at 16 and then my son was like a few, you know, six months under 16. I'm like, no. And then the minute it was like 12, it's like, oh, we're, we're moving in the right direction. Going. Yeah. I think but we have, um, especially for elementary school. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. Um, we have 12 year olds, all elementary. We still have, um, they can't. Um, I, I have a five-year-old starting kindergarten at a public school. Mm -hmm. um, he does know how to wear a mask. He's actually, I've been very impressed with my little boy and his willingness to, you know, he understand. he actually knows what coronavirus is. He knows six feet apart. He knows, like he understands what, that why he has to wear that mask, but he still can't be vaccinated yet. Um, we're waiting for that to happen. And so we have, especially public school parents where overcrowding was already an issue for yeah. many of these schools, um, where we're sending them back to school. Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, and, and I'm one of the parents who want to send my kid yeah. back to school. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, I'm also concerned that I have a child that is not vaccinated. And so what is your, as a school nurse, what is your advice to parents yeah. knowing that they're sending their children back to school unvaccinated? So I feel like this is kind of where we were last year right? We were in the same situation. We were sending our kids to school in person. Like for us, for pre-K to four, we were here every day. They were, there was no like on off, on off schedule. They were here every single day. Um, and the great thing about kids is that they understand things when you just, when you explain it to them. And for them, it's simple. I wear this mask. I, I stay safe and I keep everybody else around me safe, you know? And once it becomes the culture of like, what they're seeing around them, it's not hard for them to do. So it doesn't surprise me that your little guy was able to do that. I was 
I have to say, I was very impressed with our pre-K and K students last year because they were rock stars. You know, they were able to do this and they were the ones we were worried about, like that they couldn't do it. There'd be um, complaining or just like, you know, um, issues with like adapting to having it on all day. And it was, it actually went so smoothly. Um, but when you think about sending your kid back to school this year with the variant, um, I think that's what changes it a little bit. You know, the beginning of the summer, I feel like we were a little bit more optimistic in thinking, oh, September's gonna be so good. Like we ended really well, September's gonna be really great. Um, and then the variant happened and the surge happened and um, it, it's making some of us pause and worry a little bit. And I think, you know, I like to, so back to school happens in the fall. We start to layer our clothes. We wanna start to think about layering our protection measures, you know? So it's not just one thing that's gonna keep you safe. It's several different strategies. So the basic things from last year are gonna still be the same things this year. We're gonna wear masks, we're gonna wash hands, we're gonna stay physically distanced. Um, and the kids know how to do that, right? They put out their helicopter hands or they know the length of the pool noodle that six feet, it's very easy for them to visualize that. Um, additionally, you know, before your kid leaves from for school and you're home, you should be vigilant, whether your school requires you to do it or not, you should be vigilant to monitor your child for signs and symptoms of COVID. Um, just like I'm sure you were doing last year. And if your child wakes up with like a case of the sniffles or a sore, or sore throat, um, I would pause, you know, and maybe, um, give it a second to consult with the pediatrician before you send them to school so that there's not, a, there's some kind of clearance, like somebody's put eyes, so a medical professional has put eyes on that child to say, you know what, I think it's okay to send, or maybe we should test, wait to get results. And then as, if it's negative, you can go to school because it might not just be COVID. There's other things going around that are kind of cropping up right now that we didn't see last winter because everybody was saying masks. This summer, people took off their masks, they were around more people, and now we have strep, and we have RSV, and we have just your general cold. Um, Which they shouldn't be sending their kid to school anyway. <laughs> I've always said, of the, the, you know, if it, one thing about the pandemic is that I think it's made parents more conscious of yes. these things. It's uh -huh. like the, the perfect, I always hated the perfect attendance award. Right. It's like, Really? You're going to send your kid to school sick? Okay. Yeah. No, your kid has to stay home. And unfortunately, I had one of those moms that like would make me go to school. Like, even if I was like, <laughs> you know, yeah, it's like, she needs to learn to school. Yeah. And so, so yeah, I, I mean, that, that was, if anything, you know, we, we really need to normalize um, staying home when you're sick not going to work when right. you're sick it's like even if it's not a contagious why are you going to work crappy but right. that also means we need to normalize paid sick days too right. for exactly. everyone right and, um child yeah. care because that's that's also part of it you know like i know that's why my mom sent me to school because she didn't have child she could not take the day right. off and she did exactly yeah. yeah i mean part I don't know some people know like I left my um, job but part of the reason I left my job was because I didn't trust them because uh, a, a person in my office their kid had strep throat and he had it twice and he was five 
And I say, she's not taking care of him because she brought it in the office and then someone else got it in the office and she took it home to her kid and her kid was one and a half. And I was like, I can't trust you with a common cold? You think I can trust you with coronavirus? Oh, no, 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 no. No, I mean, and like, who wants to go back to having colds? I right. want to go back to having colds. Yeah. I have to, I've told Flora before, like, I will be perfectly fine with wearing a mask in public spaces forever because I don't, I don't have a cold. Right. You know, it's yeah. just that simple. It is. It really is. And, you know, I, that's why I, I hate when the whole thing gets politicized because it's, it's just basic science. <laughs> And it's basic care for yourself yeah. and for those around you. So um, what can school staff that have been vaccinated, right? What's the risk of them being around children who are not vaccinated, right? And then what safety measures can they take? Because, you know, people are like, well, yeah, I don't, I don't want to go in because the kids aren't vaccinated, but I'm vaccinated. So... What can adults do who are, who are vaccinated? So I think, you know, you have to think of that same layered, like layered protection approach to um, returning to school. If you are, if you work in a school and you are vaccinated, you can take some comfort in knowing that you have that most important layer of protection there. And then on top of that, you are masking, washing hands and distancing from your unvaccinated students. And then additionally, um, the school should be doing things to help set up um, a safe environment for you and for the students, right? So that's requiring vaccination, um, surveillance testing, requiring masking, distancing, symptom screening, um, cohorting, I mean, I think cohorting for us here in the grammar school was so important because they weren't mixing, you know, they may have mixed like outside um, after school, but we knew that in school, we weren't causing like uh, overexposure to, to so many different like people at one time inside, you know, um, the ventilation, I, I know that a lot, a lot of schools have made an investment to make sure their air filters um, in portable air filters or have changed the filters out, you know, in the central air to make sure that there's like always fresh air being brought in or they make sure that like rooms can be vented well with door doors, open windows, um, restricting who's on campus. So, you know, if we keep uh, the same people coming in all the time and we don't always introduce that like one off, you know, then that helps to contain things. Um, and we're making sure that the, our environment is staying safe um, and it kind of in a controlled, in a controlled way. Um, and then, you know, I do know that um, many schools ask for parents to either agree to, whether it's formally or informally, like this community pledge, you know, that you understand that when you decide to do things outside of school, that that could impact things ha that happen in school. You know, so if you're invited to a wedding and it's in a in an area where there's a high rate of COVID, 
maybe you don't go because you know you might be bringing that back to your community it's it's a hard sacrifice to make but if, if we want to keep our schools open i feel like that is something that is not out of like it it's something that like families should consider um you know and i i know like i i watch the trends i watch the rates in the communities around us um in our in the states that are around us um and families can do the same teachers can do the same to know that what they're doing outside and where they're doing it can affect um, what's happening inside school i i still avoid indoor dining as much as i can <laughs> i mean there are times it's it's freezing it's cold out there it's raining and there's no outdoor seats uh okay fine maybe i'll i'll sit inside um, but I will try to avoid yeah. indoor dining as much as I can. I mean, in fact, when schools were full remote, I'm like, but indoor dining's there. Oh, that's perfectly fine. You're going to have indoor dining, but my kid has to stay, my kid has to stay home. Thank you. Um, so, so yeah, I guess that's also something that you can, um, kind of explain to parents. Um, I think at this point we kind of get it, but um still it, it's always helpful to reinforce that we now have i mean one of the things that we follow now is whenever there's a positive case so i mean obviously they're already requiring masks right um death shields contact tracing that's happening within that cohort is a good point is like if you keep the kids within a cohort you mm -hmm. reduce the chances of mixing right. makes a right. lot of sense doesn't that and, and you follow the kids in Right. You follow the kids within that cohort if you do have a positive case. Um, so uh, could you actually explain a little more about how, well, I guess you already explained a little about but all of how, why all of this is done to benefit families? I mean, really, it's like masking and contact tracing, um, you know, all these preventative layered measures are put in place to minimize risk as much as possible and to minimize the occurrence of positive cases. Um, you know, as I had been saying before, uh, we were open from September through June every day, pre-K through fourth grade, and um, there was never a case of in-school spread. Um, so, you know, I think those measures were really important to, um, you know, in our success and it's important to implement again for this school year, especially during this time when the under 12 crowd have not been approved yet for vaccination. Like that's really the thing. It's like these kids, we have to think about, yeah, protecting us, but we have that layer of protection because we've been vaccinated. Um, but these kids who have not been, you know, let's let's like surround them with some insulation of of protection there. I've been seeing the um, those PSAs with Dr. Chokshi now out saying that make sure you if your kid is not if your kid can't get vaccinated, make sure everyone else in your household is vaccinated. Which yeah, that that's another protective measure. Yeah. But we we do have. I mean, look this so. You know, it really does feel like we're back to what we were last year. And this time, you know, we thought things were going to be better with the um, with the vaccine. But 
Now we have this Delta variant and, you know, for, again, for us public school parents where we had to deal with this, well, first we're going to do blended, then we're back to remote because the infection rates are, um, it, the infection rates are back to this percentage and we're going to be back to full remote and high school, of course, was the last to um, reopen because this idea that 15 year olds don't need to, 14 year olds don't need to be, un, don't need to be supervised. Ha. <laughs> ha. Um, you, you know, and, um, you know, because they can just independently learn on their own. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, so yeah, yeah, what is some advice? Yeah. I'm sorry. I said, I think we all experienced that difficulty this year with our you know, young. Yeah, it, yeah, it, it always, see, you know, never ceases to amaze me that how some of these, some of these um, policy people are like, you clearly don't understand children, you clearly don't understand teenagers. Mm -hmm. um, so, but we're dealing with, so, but that's what we're going, so that's what we're going, there's this fear that we're going to yeah, be yeah. like the same thing that's going to happen like last year. And so what are some advice that you would provide to parents um, who are sending their kids back to school, knowing that there's this Delta variant that's, we still have no idea. In fact, I'm now hearing what gamma lambda yeah. <laughs> um, that's coming in and that we've already had to deal with so many changes. Like yeah. when it went full remote, I'm like, oh no, not again. And no, it's, uh, a, it's, yeah. I, I, sometimes I think the adults have a harder time adjusting than the kids. Yeah. You know, I really have to say I was so impressed with how well the students adapted. I mean, it was challenging. Don't get me wrong. It was challenging and, you know, it's hard. It's hard. Um, we just had an activity here at school today and uh, there were some people that were in person and there were some faculty who were remote and they had to participate though in person. And that, per and that faculty member that was the remote part of the group experience, um, it like opened their eyes because they had never realized what it was like on the other side of the screen for that, for their student who, you know, was coming in remote um, and how difficult communication was and you know maybe it wasn't uh there was a, a lag in in the wi-fi or there was something occurring that like didn't allow them to fully like be present and um you know these kinds of challenges to have a, a third school year like this it can be very scary um and i think that that's what can feel paralyzing sometimes is that the unknown, you know, the fear of the unknown. Um, but I, but I do think that uh, whenever, you know, whenever uh, I've talked to parents about the upcoming challenges, I, I think we just have to keep in mind that we're all working towards the same goal, right? We're trying to keep our students safe and in school by really sticking to these layered measures and um you know and also just trying to model for our kids the same adaptability you know challenges come up and we can be frustrated and we can be upset but we can also like figure out how to work through it 
and we can show them that even when things are hard, we can get through it if we work together, we have a plan. And, you know, we just try to keep that goal in mind of what, you know, what we're working towards, our student safety and staying in school in person. I mean, yeah. that, that's, that's like a common, again, that's a common theme, right? Is yep. that <laughs> we have to be flexible. That's what just yep. keeps coming up. Um, you know, podcast taping after podcast taping is yep. that the adults have to be flexible, model good behavior, and the kids will follow. Yeah. It's, I mean, so it's tough. It's really hard. And I have to say, like, I struggle with modeling that myself. You know, it's, it's, it's a challenge for sure. Um, but that's the thing with like a virus. We can't predict what's going to happen. And when the measures that have been proven to help aren't followed, then, you know, something else happens. It's like that blip in the, in the timeline, right? Like if you just pull one thing out of place, then other things can happen. So like we're, it really, that's, that's really what it comes down to is that the best way we're going to be able to survive the school year is to remain open-minded and flexible. Margarita, we want to thank you so much for um, sharing your wisdom with us um, today. And um, I know you don't do public stuff, but I don't know. Can we support you? Is there, is there any way people can follow Margarita? I don't know, but if not, that's fine too. I'm not, you know, I thought I was that person, but I, I've accepted that I'm not, <laughs> just not. I tried it for a minute um, and like, I love doing this. I love doing these kinds of things and I'm always open. Like if people have questions and, you know, want to reach out and I'm happy to like have a discussion. Um, but yeah, I don't really have a public thing to, to follow or look really get vaccinated like that's my thing <laughs> go get your vaccine yep, yep. thank you margarita thank you for having me